Okay, so today on the podcast, we have Coach Jonathan Guest from Eagles Landing Christian Academy uh, down in Georgia. Uh, you'll love hearing from Coach Guest. He gives a very detailed explanation of his background, his offensive philosophy, defensive philosophy, special teams philosophy, and then a really good nugget uh, for coaches wanting to become a head coach. I know you will you will love this podcast. All right, we got Coach Jonathan Guest on the podcast. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for asking me to be on. Yeah, I I was I I think I listened to every one of your podcasts you did over the off season. They were really really good. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's kind of like kind of like what you're doing. Like we all talk to coaches and we talk to each other and try to get information and. Um, and then I just got into where I was talking to some really good coaches. And then I was like, man, this is just great information that everybody needs to hear. And a lot of the kids that I've coached in the past um, were becoming coaches. And I just thought it was just valuable information. Let's think about it. I had interviewed the Marist head coach. And, um, like, he's one of the godfathers, right? Like, who doesn't need this guy's information? And um, – I'll tell you something else I've always thought about doing is, you know, there's no information for us really. Like you go to Valdosta back in their glory days when, when you had, um, you know, those great coaches there. There's no information for me and you from that era for coaching. And I was just like, why, why did nobody get any information from these guys? So I kind of want, that's kind of why I started doing what I was doing. It's excellent. Um, it's the, the it's the demand excellence podcast, and that was man, that thing is awesome. I hope you get back cooking again a little bit this off season. Get some more some more guests on there. Yeah, you know, I think I'll probably try to do a few. Um, you know, I did a lot, and then I was kind of like, all right, I just need to keep my mouth shut for a while. And um, but yeah, I mean, there's some coaches that I that I would like to interview just for myself, and I think it would be beneficial to other people, kind of like you know, just like you do. Yeah, man, it's awesome. I, I mean, I think obviously the world of, of you as a person and what you've done at Elka. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, just please give uh, the listeners a little bit of background about yourself and uh, what you uh, what you have built down there in, in the great state of Georgia. Yeah, well, you know, I was um, – I guess my story starts with I played football at the Citadel back from 1997 to 2001, and then I went into the Air Force. That's how I got to Georgia. I was, I'm a South Carolina boy. I grew up in South Carolina. And then I got stationed at Warner Robins Air Force Base and, you know, spent, spent, two, uh, spent three years in the Air Force, but God called me out of, of the Air Force and to go into coaching. And my kind of my path was to go to First Presbyterian Day School, which was a private Christian school. Um, and I, I really wasn't, I didn't understand Christian education or even private school education. I grew up and I went to a public school. I really had no idea, but that's really the door that God opened up for me. And then while I was there at FPD, I coached the offensive line, did the weight room, worked for Greg Moore down there. So I learned a little bit about offense, um, studied defense. Uh, but probably the most valuable thing I got from working at FPD was having a uh, growing relationship with Jesus Christ and um, a lot of people around me that could, I guess, mentor me, disciple me in Christ. So it was very valuable for me. I always cherished th that time at FPD. So 
was there as a as an assistant coach. I was in the Air Force one year, and then I taught full time coach two years, and then the job at Elka opened up. And so what Elka was really trying to do was trying to find a coach, a quality coach that they didn't have to pay anything. So when you don't pay anybody anything, it's hard to find a quality coach. So you really just go for the young guy that's dumb enough to take the job. So, um, but I felt God was calling me to come to Eagles Landing Christian Academy. So, um, you know, they, they offered me the job and I took it. Um, and then here's a funny story for everybody out there listening. Um, and, and honestly, guys for uh, being, or, or guys who are at small schools, I, I take the job at Eagles Landing Christian Academy and I'm doing spring practice. So it's my first interaction with uh, Elka. That's what we call Eagles Landing Christian Academy, Elka. My first interaction with Elka, I'm doing spring practice. I show up at spring practice. There's like 33 kids that show up, four freshmen. And then they didn't tell me this during the interview process, but the freshmen, the, the, the rising freshmen, that group of kids didn't win a football game for like four straight years. So oh I have gosh. four freshmen, yeah, four freshmen and only 33 players. And it, was, it looked like a train wreck out there. And I'm like, what? So I'm driving back home. I'm like, what in the world? I'm going to call Coach Queen, who's the athletic director at Elka. I'm just going to tell him I'm going to stay at FPD. But it's not in me to, you know, I couldn't do that because I'd already signed the contract and everything, and I wasn't going to back out. But I was just – I was just like, what in the world did I just do? I got myself into a mess. Like, they lied to me, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, so – but we just – here's the crazy thing. And I was – I'm telling this story because Tanner Rogers is my defensive coordinator now. Well, he was one of those freshmen back in 2007, one of the four. And I was like – I was just telling him, I was like, you know, Tanner, y'all didn't win a middle school game. You didn't even win youth football games. I move up to Elka. I said, I got four of you guys, but, like, I didn't think any of y'all were any good because if you at least have four decent freshmen, they probably could have won some middle school games. I said, but y'all didn't win one. And um, But what's crazy is, is, you know, a new guy had called me here, and this is what Tanner and I talked about. Four years later, we uh, had the best football team Elka's ever had. We were 12-1. and one. Uh, we lost to Clinch County in the quarterfinals. They were number one. We were number two. They went on to win the state championship. And of those four freshmen, the class grew to nine. Uh, we had four Division One players. Tanner went Division One. Christian Rogers went Division One. Two other guys went Division One. So that it's just a testament to even though you you think that something is impossible you know, um, God will do it. He can do it. You know, you can be successful. Um, and so that kind of started the uh, – that that year in 2010, we went 12-1, and one, and then we've kind of been rolling ever since. You know, uh, 2012, we won our first state championship. And then, um, you know, we went back to the state championship in 2014. And then from 15, 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, uh, we won the state championship five years in a row. Um, you know, those years over the past 10 years, like this year we lost in the quarterfinals. In 2011, uh, we lost in the semifinals. And in 2013, we lost in the semifinals. Um, so we've been, you know, programs, uh, very good football program, very good football players. Um, and like I said, you know, like God, uh, I, I view it as God did it. And, um, you know, God's got to bring you good football players and, you know, all that kind of stuff. You can't win without good football players. 
Um, so that's kind of the story of um, how we've gotten Elker to where it is. That's awesome, Coach. And you have an excellent administration as well. I mean, that's – I mean, Scott Queen's one of the best ADs around, um, definitely. I mean, he's, he's fantastic as well. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I think, like, when you think about winning, you know, you can really put your coaching expertise down there at, like, number 10 on the things that matter. Um, and number one would be your administration. Like, if you don't have the administration that's going to help you out and they want you to win – um, and they want you to be successful, and they're going to give you the things that you need. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about can I get my kids in weights classes or stuff like that, you know. Um, if you don't have that, there's no hope, you know. And I don't care if you're Nick Saban. Like, you know, it just doesn't work. So your administration is absolutely critical. And I've, I have been blessed. You know, Mr. Gillum, our headmaster, Coach Queen, our athletic director, uh, people that are pro football, people that think football is important, people that think that young boys need to be playing football. So, um, absolutely, that is a number one. If you're if you're a guy thinking about becoming a head coach, you know, and you want to win, if you don't care about winning, it doesn't matter. But if you want to win, as much as as they're interviewing interviewing you, you got to interview them. Oh man, that's gold. That's that's really that's good stuff right there, Coach. Um, Coach, let's tra well, transition here uh, for a minute. Talk about your offensive philosophy. That's something that um, you know, I got to know really well for two, being with you for two years, and um, we've stolen some of that up here as well. So talk about that a little bit if you don't mind. Yeah, you know, I mean, every coach is different. I, I'm one of those people. I think any offense can work if you, if, or any defense can work. It's just you got to coach it. But I think you got to believe in what you do. You got to be passionate about it because that passion is going to ooze on to the players. Um, and I'm just a big misdirection guy. I guess you can take that back to uh, high school. You know, Coach Woolbright, he was a great high school football coach. He was my high school football coach. We ran the wing tee. This is just something that I remember. I remember I, was, I played center. I, I don't even know what they're doing in the backfield, right? But <clears throat> I know it was misdirection. But I remember blocking back on the linebacker, and the linebacker is chasing – he's running the opposite direction of what, where I know the ball is going. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, what is he doing? And, uh, but now I know. He was chasing the ghost. And, um, and his eyes weren't right. And that really kind of stuck with me. And then, so I got, I get to Elka, don't know what I'm doing. You know, I don't have an offensive philosophy. Don't have a, I don't even know what I'm doing. You know, I, I know a few things, but I don't know that you need an offensive philosophy and identity and stuff like that. So the story is in 2009, I think I'm going to be uh, this genius football coach. Or no, I think it was 2008. I can't remember. But I'm going to be this genius football coach, and we're going to throw the ball all over the place. And, you know, I'm just going to be this really smart guy. And everybody, you know, all that kind of stuff that a coach thinks. And, um, you know, 17 interceptions after six games later, um, you know, I realize, all right, I got to figure out who I am, all this kind of stuff. And, and so, really kind of, uh, that's back when Gus Malzahn was at Arkansas and he was doing all that wildcat stuff. It was misdirection, power football, run it down your throat. Urban Myers at Florida, watching that. I mean, it was very much run the ball down your throat, Tim Tebow, all that kind of stuff. And so, that's kind of what I, I just kind of copied them a little bit, I guess. I mean, but it, I don't know if I copied them, but I did study them and just kind of simplified it to make it to work for high school football. And 
um, you know, we had a great running back that was a freshman, Keontae Green. Um, put him in the Wildcat, and, man, we ran jet sweep, and we would run jet sweep or power or counter. And we went from a team that was scoring 14 points to a team that was scoring 49, 56 points a game. And um, and just so over time, we've kind of adapted that jet sweep misdirection to kind of like its own little offense, you know, like we've had Division One quarterbacks, and so we can throw – um, even without Division One quarterbacks, when we have Division One wide receivers, like in 2019, uh, we threw for 2,000 yards. So it's not like we're just running power and jet sweep. Uh, there's the passing game off of it. We're 20 personnel most of the time. You got the fullback. and um, So that's kind of like our philosophy, though. You know, we, we want to run the jet sweep. But the jet sweep isn't who we are. It's just the misdirection. It's are you going to have disciplined eyes? And then off of that, we want to run power and counter. And there's variations of all of those plays uh, that we run. And then uh, we want to be big on our play action passing game and, and the deep ball threat. And then really good at the screen game, like your quick wide receiver screens. And those can be like, you know, we don't really run toss sweep to the tailback, but we run, you know, a quick screen to the wide receiver. That's the same thing in my book. And um, so – that's just kind of like our deal. You know, we want to stretch the field on purpose horizontally, horizontally and then stretch the field vertically to, to make a defense feel like they have to defend uh, the entire field. That's awesome, Coach. It's, it's a thing of beauty to watch, especially uh, in person. Uh, it's just, like you said, it's all eye discipline. If your eyes are wrong, you're going to get burned. And if your numbers are wrong, you're going to get burned too. Because I remember, you know, talking with you for those couple of years that you – you're kind of just like playing playing checkers out there. If they got two and we have three, you know, that's a, that's a numbers advantage. Yeah, I mean, I think football, like, I think, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I think we really overcomplicate it. I'm, we're all guilty. You know, I'm, I'm guilty. I did it this year. Like, we try to make it, we try to make it too difficult, but it really is a numbers game on offense. So, you know, it's just simple things like, you know, you start in 20 personnel, one wide receiver to your right and two wide receivers to your left. And then, you know, you can overload, bring the – you know, put two receivers to the right and um, see how they line up. You can go trips, see how they line up. Are they going to borrow people? If they don't, you know, go strong. If they do, go weak. I mean, it's, it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's pretty simple. And then, you know, you got to have your answers. Is the defensive end spilling or is, is he running upfield? If, he, if he's running upfield, run counter. If he's spilling – then we, we have a play, we just bounce it. It's counter, you're pulling your guard and your tackle, but you're gonna bounce it out wide and you're gonna seal the defensive end that's spilling. So just simple things like that and simple answers uh, to, to issues that you'll see. Um, and this, I think that's the key too, is like, do you have the answer, okay? Mm. So if I line up and, and I'm overloaded to a side, like say I'm two receivers to the, to the right and one receiver's, uh, covered up that means my re single receiver on the left he can run jet sweep well if they only put one on two over there I got to be able to throw that right now we got to have that answer if they put two on two over there and they leave two to the single receiver side we got to be able to run jet sweep right now it's just simple answers that your kids can understand and see in the moment the more complicated you make it uh, the less they can see, and then you'll have execution problems. 
Oh, no doubt. Absolutely, Coach. Coach, talk a little bit about how your defense philosophy goes with that, and what do you what do you like on on defense? Yeah, well, so defense was uh, something that I didn't really understand at all because I was an offensive guy even in college, um, and then I, it honestly it was a blessing. A lot of times, it's your curses turn into your blessings. Like I moved to Elka. And there's no defensive coordinator, really. Nobody that really has a defensive philosophy. Nobody knows what they're doing, you know. And we just kind of – I remember in 2010, we, we got beat, like I said, versus uh, Clinch County. But we, you would say we shouldn't have got beat because even though they, they were really, really good. But we had – between the 10th grade class and 12th grade class, we had 10 Division One players on our football team. We should have never lost that game. But I had no clue what I was doing on defense. Basically, we just played like a 5-2 man. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And yeah. – um, <clears throat> or maybe it was a 4-2 man. I have no idea. But it was just man. And, um, and, and so, but I didn't know that – that's not wrong per se. I just didn't know what we were doing. So, that's what we did. Um, 2011 did the same thing. Um, in 2012, we hired a defensive coordinator. Derek Chastain is his name. Uh, and he came from Camden County, and that was back when Camden County was rolling under the head coach, who I call one of the Georgia godfather head football coaches, uh, Jeff Heron. And, um, and so Chastain brought me the 3-5 defense from Camden County um, that Jeff Heron had built. Well, when you go in and study it, Jeff Heron had run the 4-3. He had run a 50 defense. Like, he had done all those things. He was a very successful high school football coach, and he kind of settled in on the 3-5. Um, and there's reasons for that. Like, the 3-5 can match up to all the different offenses that you're going to see. The three, he was a big wing T guy. The 3-5, they felt matched up to the wing T really, really well, matched up to spread teams really, really well. But there was a whole philosophy behind it. And so Chastain brought that to me. Um, and I just became a believer in it. And we won the state championship in 2012. And I realized we had really good players in 2012. Um, but, um, you know, but it doesn't matter what you run. If you don't have good players doing it, it's not going to be any good. But um, so – and then, you know, kind of like, you know, you, you came up and you were the defensive coordinator. And, and I let you uh, do what you wanted to do. And then, and then when you left and went to West Virginia, I was like, you know, as a head coach, I really need to have an offensive philosophy, a defensive philosophy, and a special teams philosophy. Because you remember Tim Lute worked with us as well. And I oh, didn't yeah. know what the heck he was doing on special teams. And, <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, that's not Tim Lute's fault. And it's my fault. Like, as the head coach – I need to have a philosophy. And then when you left and went to West Virginia and Chastain had left in 2012 to go somewhere, I forget where he went, I realized, like, man, I'm going to have turnover in my defensive coordinator because they're going to want to go become head coaches and do this and that. So I'm going to have turnover. So I can't be running a new defense every year brought in by a defensive coordinator. I need – to run the defense that I think is best for the personnel that we have at Elka. And mm. then I need to ask that defensive coordinator to run it. Um, and so back in 2015, uh, we went back to the three, five and Kenny Dallas ran it. Um, and, you know, we won the state championship in 2015, 2016 running the three, five. 
Um, and he put his flavor to it. He liked to run cover one a lot. And he would do a lot of other stuff, but it was a three five. And the reads from the linebackers and, and the defensive line was the same. And the base coverage was cover three. And then Coach Dallas became the head football coach at Trinity Christian. They went to the state championship game. They lost the state championship game, but they got there. He built the program up in four years to go to the state championship game. So, um, and then after after Coach Chastain, uh, not Coach Chastain, Coach Dallas left, uh, um, Brett Collier comes in for three years and runs the 3-5. And I remember I called Brett up and I said, hey, man, I'd met him. I was, want you to be the defense coordinator, but I don't want your defensive philosophy. I want you to run our stuff. And it's not my stuff. I'll, t- I'll tell you right now, it's Jeff Heron's stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and Jeff Heron's stuff won the 7A state championship at Grayson this year um, right. because he worked for Jeff Heron, and he ran the 3-5, and he runs the 3-5 at Grayson. And um, so um, – Anyways, uh, Brett Collier did a phenomenal job, and he runs that and put his flavor and spin to it. And I learned a lot from him. And, he, che- you know, uh, we were able to fix some things that weren't right with it. And then Tanner Rogers comes in this year, um, who's, got, who's, who's um, a great defensive coordinator. Um, and, and he changed some stuff up, and it's really good stuff that he's doing. And, um, and so it's just, that's, that's the defensive philosophy. So it's not that I like tell the defensive coordinator that comes in, Hey, we're going to run three, five, and this is how you're going to do it. You can't change anything. Every time we hire somebody, it's like, like when I hired Brett, I'm like, all right, Brett, this is the three. I want to run the three, five. I said, but we gave up 320 yards to Tattnall in the semifinals of the playoffs and then we couldn't stop Fellowship Christian in the playoffs. So I want I want you to fix what's wrong with the three five and why we're not being able to to stop the wing T. And then this year with uh, Tanner Rogers, it's like Tanner, you know, uh, we gave up seven hundred yards of offense to Prince Avenue last year. I need you to fix the three five so that we don't do that again. And even right. though we got beat pretty handily by Prince this year. It was really all my fault because the offense was just atrocious. But um, Tanner, the defense only gave up 304 yards of offense to uh, to Prince Avenue this year. So Tanner did a really good job considering, you know, like we went from – we gave up 700 yards last year, only 304 yards this year. So that's pretty good. Um, it's just our offense did immeasurably worse. That's, that would be me. And um, so uh, – but so it's pretty cool to see how guys come in and tweak it and can make it better. You know, you can always make something better. Um, but so it, anyway, that's kind of like our defi- defensive philosophy. Now, now let me tell you this. We run the three, five, because it's really easy at Elka. We're going to have five linebacker types and we're going to have three DB types, but it's even changed since you've been here. And now it seems like I'm going to have, I was trying to ask Tanner if we could run a one, three, seven because we have yeah i know like we have one defensive lineman we have all these db wide receiver type guys now and it used to be we had all of these linebacker type guys and now Hmm. it's like everybody's a db and i'm like what defense can you possibly run with only one defensive lineman two linebackers and eight dbs so, like, we might be creating a new defense this year. <laughs> hey, did you have you uh, ever researched what Burns did with the stand-up defense years ago? 
No, but I, I, yes, I need to. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about that, but that guy was pretty successful with it. I was like, oh, Burns, you know, Coach Guest is from South Carolina. You know, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's Bobby Bentley. I'm a huge Bobby Bentley fan. I used to watch them and all this kind of stuff. So now, yeah, you got me intrigued, man. I'm going to go watch. Yeah, he wrote like a bunch of articles about it back. This is what? What what years did he coach here? Like early 2000s, I think, maybe? Yeah, early 2000s. I don't even know where he is now, to be honest, because, you know, he's just a, a running backs coach at South Carolina. And I don't, I don't know yeah. where, what happened to him. Okay. Cool, Coach. Um, talk about your, your special teams philosophy. Because you were talking about how Coach Luke – I remember him coming in, like, on Wednesdays and we had a new kick return, like, every week. And it worked, but, I mean, it wasn't, like, a philosophy. So, talk about how that's, that's changed for you over the, over the years. Yeah, and I'm not saying, like, you know, it's just a philosophy, right? Like, I'm not sitting here talking, like, my way is the right way. It's just my right. way, you know? And mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of like investing, you know? Like, if I was an investor, what you know, like, I'm not one of those people that's going to gamble. Like, I just – I'm scared to death that I'm going to lose my money. And mm -hmm. um, so I'm like, I'm an investor for the long haul. Maybe I'll have some money when I'm 80. Um mm -hmm. And that's kind of my special teams philosophy. Like I'm not a gambler. Um, but, and so let's just start with the two that I think are the most important kickoff and punt. You know, why are they the most important? Because that's when you can get six put up on you. Mm. And, um, and, you know, so honestly, I got a real simple kickoff philosophy. If they look fast, do not kick it to them. That's a simple <laughs> philosophy. If they even look fast, so, I mean, honestly, like, in high school football, if you have a kid that can kick to the end zone, that's worth gold. Like, that is – people don't understand how valuable that is because it's an automatic touchback, so you get the ball in a 20. But I haven't had that kid for a long time. And, um, and so, honestly, we do a lot of pooch kicks to the right, to the left, to the middle. You know, and our goal really is just not – we want to – we because we do that, we want them – to not get the ball before the 35. Um, but the key is, is we don't want to give up a kickoff return for a touchdown. Mm -hmm. um, and then we want to, like, you know, just want to try to create pressure on them by being able to kick it in between the 30 and, and the 20, all different types of ways. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so we work on that a lot. And then we work on punt a lot just protecting it because they could block it and, and get six or that's just like a turnover or you could kick it to them if your coverage isn't good they can return it so we work on that a lot covering kicks put our best players on kickoff and, and kickoff uh, on punt and um and, and just uh, it's like I mean if you same thing like if you look like you can return it if you even look halfway fast we're not punting it to you like, we're just not. We're going to kick it to the left, to the right. I'd much rather have a 30-yard punt going out of bounds than a 50-yard punt into the hands of the best athlete on the field that's going to return it, you know? So, yeah. <clears throat> that's that's a big thing for us. And just making sure that our protection's good and we're not giving up block punts. And then, like I said, I'm that's not overly – go ahead. No, so that's awesome. Yeah, I mean – and then, but, like, we're not, we're not going to go crazy um, – over trying to block kicks um like we'll put a we'll, we'll put a pump block in you're always in danger you go after it you might get a 15 yard penalty these high school football kids man like they're running to the kicker you know um 
you know, but, but there's times that we'll go after it if, if we feel good. Um, and, and we've blocked two or three punts this year. Um, you know, field goal blocks, simple field goal block. We work field goal all the time that, you know, so we really do spend a lot of time on field goal and making sure that we don't lose a point when we score a touchdown and making sure that inside the 25 yard line, I think is pretty good in high school football. If you're inside the 25, uh, that you feel comfortable kicking a field goal. Um, so it's pretty simple, you know, like we do work it and we work it a lot, but it is very simple. Kick it. So, uh, you know, you brought up like kickoff returns. Well, the big thing is on kickoff return and even punt return, if you, here's my philosophy on punt return. If you don't have a kid that you're comfortable with returning it, I just don't do it. No, you don't even need to put anybody back there because they're just going to fumble it. And yeah. then, um, you know, I've been burned on that 2011 semifinals. We fumbled the ball on the 18-yard line. And then uh, and then kickoff return, you know, it's good to set stuff up and, and, and stuff like that and work on that. But I just think you got to keep it simple, like one or two returns, you know. And, 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 you know, if you don't have a good returner, you're probably not going to do too much anyways. Um, that stuff's critical. And, then like, this year, like, we didn't have a really good – kick kickoff return guy um hmm. you know we really never did good on kickoff return um and the, but the years we have a good kickoff return guy we do really good on kickoff return so i think i think i think it's scheme is important and you want to have a good scheme but if you don't have the dudes that can do it man don't waste your time spending too much time on it because it's not gonna work that is that is gold right there that is that's like that's that's Jonathan Guess like uh, diamonds right there. That's fantastic. Well, I think this man. I think as coaches, we think that we can coach bad players into being good, and that's just not true. So what you got to do is find out what your team can do well. You know, and it might be. <clears throat> I was talking to the fellowship, one of the guys at Fellowship Christian. And they, you know, they last year they got beat versus Westland, and this year they got beat versus um, Trinity. And I was like, well, i tell you why you lose versus teams that pass. I said, because, and this is why y'all run the wing tee. I said, you have a bunch of wing tee running backs. I said, so mm. when I watch you play defense, you got a bunch of wing tee running backs playing DB. You can't, they can't defend anybody. Mm. And like, so you just got to figure out what works with the personnel that you have. Like, I think as coaches, we think that we can coach a player to be able to do something that he can't do. And mm. so the, I think the really, the, the thing about coaching is, is taking the talent that you have and being able to maximize that talent within your scheme, which means you might have to change a little bit, you know, like this year, like we're still going to run the three, five, but it might be like a one, eight, three, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. <laughs> right, and, yeah. um, but it's it's not going to be like it was in 2012 when we had two Division One defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, so I think that's the key key thing is as a as a coach, man, is just really not have an ego about how smart you are or how great your X's and O's are. Um, you know, because <clears throat> it's the players. Like this year, I said we struggled offensively. We really struggled a lot all year long, but there's a good reason. Keaton Mitchell, who broke, who beat, you know, he he busted Herschel Walker's touchdown record. He graduated, yeah. and um, 
and so did two Division One wide receivers. One went to Miami of Ohio. One went to um, went one went to Georgia. You know, and we're breaking offensive records and all kinds of stuff, man. I thought I was a genius. I'm so smart, right? And then this year, all those guys are gone, and like we're we're doing the opposite. Like we're breaking the records in in the state for the worst offense. And um, you know, so it just it's just like you know, the Lord always is going to humble you, um, and it just makes you as a coach understand like man, great players make great coaches. Now, let me tell you the danger. This, this is – the danger is is a bad coach – this is how you know if you're a bad coach or not. You have great players and you're not winning or you're mm. constantly underperforming. So, mm. like, there is value in good coaches. Good coaches, if you have good players – you know, will win the uh, state championships. Kind of like you take um, the guy there, Grayson, Adam Carter. Well, Grayson probably should have won eight state championships between 2010 and 2020 with the talent that they had. And then when you put a really good coach in there, Jeff Heron, um, they, he won the state championship. Um, and now Adam Carter. I think Adam Carter is a really good football coach, very disciplined. I, I wouldn't – like, he's one of the top, 20, 25 football coaches in the state of Georgia. And, and he goes and he wins a championship at Grayson. You know, that's what a good coach will do. A good coach will go to a school with great talent and win a state championship. A good coach will go to a school with average talent and win eight games, you know. And a good mm-hmm. coach going to a school with no talent will figure out a way to, want, to win one or two. And, um, you know, so that's kind of – what I think about coaching and, and how we got to keep it all in perspective. That's awesome, Coach. Coach, as we as we land the plane, talk a little bit about like a nugget you would give. You gave just gave a bunch to coaches about coaching. What's a what's a nugget you would give to a coach that's looking to get into the profession? Like, what's something that you wish you knew when you were uh, when you were younger? Yeah, I, I guess I would say like really try to understand both sides of the ball. Um, and, and really seek to understand, like, if you're on offense, like offense, offensive line, blocking schemes, uh, like if you're going to be a great offensive uh, play caller, you've got to have a command of what's going on on the offensive line. <clears throat> or you could have a really good offensive line coach, but um, the money is made on the offensive line. Like one of the big things that, I feel like nobody talked about this year with Alabama and how good Alabama was is really how dominant the offensive line was. Like I was talking to somebody, I was like, yeah, the receiver's really, really good. No question. Yeah. The quarterback's pretty good. I don't know how good he is because like he could take a nap, wake up and still complete the pass. And, um, and then you have not only can they pass block to perfection, but they, they're this violent run blocking team with this. So the, so the offensive line is, is very critical. And I feel like people, it's the number one aspect of an offense, but I feel like everybody's looking at all the other pieces, um, like receivers, quarter tailback, this, that. Now, you do got to have those skill guys if you're going to win championships, but don't neglect your offensive line. Uh, and, and learn all how it all works together. And then understand defense, all right? Understand defensive line. Understand linebacker, the fits and the reads and all that kind of stuff. Understand 
the secondary and what is cover three, what is cover two, what is cover one, you know, of course now there's like 7,000 coverages, but you really need to know those, those three and, um, or cover zero, two mans, just understand what that stuff is. Um, understand like strong safety play. And then I really think that you're setting yourself up to be a good defensive coordinator or a good offensive coordinator because you understand all aspects of the game. Um, but it's really just getting in there and trying to study. Like maybe if you've coached offensive line for four years and you've been assistant, you know, coach, maybe you should go coach the the, the linebackers. I don't know if your coach will let you do that, but um, but like. To coach offensive linemen and not understand linebacker fits, I don't know if you can really coach your offensive linemen that well. Um, I don't know if you can call plays that well. Um, so those are just kind of, I guess, simple things um, that I think that would help people out. Coach, that's awesome. And, Coach, I appreciate your time, man. You're, you're so wise, and I'm really, uh, really blessed to, to call you a friend. And I thank you for your time. Yeah, man. Hey, man, I appreciate you. And good luck in 2021. Appreciate it, Coach. All right, man. See you.